You are listening to the End Around Podcast. I'm Matt Speak with Will McFadden. The Falcons, Will, just posted their second consecutive win, second division win in a row, 29-3 up in Charlotte today. Consecutive wins, Will. How wonderful is that? I want to talk about the defense. You want to talk about the offense, but wow. Here we go. Well, Matt. This was a great game. This this was even more fun, if that's somehow imaginable, than the win last week against the Saints. Because Ooh, I don't know. More fun? It was. That was pretty fun. That, I mean, sure. That was pretty fun. You pick and choose. But this, this was even more dominant. And we sat here and talked last week about how complete that win against the Saints felt. To me, this was no contest. The most complete game that this team has played so far this season which is a great sign because we sat here last week and said, what do the Falcons have to do to carry that momentum forward? Man, they did it in every conceivable way today. Well, I'm going to agree with you there on that last point because I'll tell you what. After watching this game, the the one thing I was thinking about last week, and I think a lot of fans were writing in, and I wrote this in my column, was where has this team been all all season long, right? Mm -hmm. And and then was it a fluke? Was it just, you know, a rivalry game? Do we chalk this up as, you know, the, the I heard somebody say on TV, well, yeah, the Falcons played their Super Bowl today. But could they back it up? Could they keep it going? Because when you go look back at the Seattle Seahawks, second half of the Seattle Seahawks game, mm-hmm. Dan Quinn talked about it, something happened at halftime. He said there was a shift. I call it a seismic shift because since then, 10 straight quarters, they have – not allowed a touchdown. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And this is the defense that we, I thought, we'd see all season long. Yeah. I'll get more into that, but what are your initial thoughts on I mean, just that? you mentioned not, not giving up a touchdown. This is just the sixth time, think about that, the sixth time in franchise history that the Falcons have not allowed a touchdown in back-to-back games. That's insane. They've outscored the Panthers and the Saints to, you know, at the midway point of the season, they looked like two contenders in the NFC, the Saints obviously leading the division, but the Panthers right there in the wild card mix. They've outscored those guys 55 to 12. Both games on the road, by the way. So, I mean, when you when you start looking at this defense, it makes it makes me feel a little bit better about where our heads were at before the season started. Because yeah. I sat there and had to look in the mirror and go, "Man, am I not good at this? It, like, did I? I thought I saw a good unit. I thought we were going to have something this year with." DQ taking over as defensive coordinator, and then just to kind of see all of the mistakes throughout the first half of the season was mind-blowing. And so this is what we thought we were going to get, and that's, you know, you phrased it perfectly. Where has this team been? But I'm glad it's here now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 11 sacks the last two games, five today against the Panthers. The defense, you know, uh, that front has just looked dominant. Six against the Saints um, and four interceptions. They had two two prior. They had f- mm-hmm. four interceptions, three in the first half. Yep. Um, you know, and as Dan Quinn said, you know, w- when you when you turn when you can create those turnovers, it really helps your chances of winning and uh he said that that makes your chances of winning go up a ton. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's an understatement. They, facts. Yeah, and so um here we are. It's, you know, look, they're 3 and 7. They're 2-0 in the, in the uh, NFC South. They've got three more NFC South games coming up. Two of them are going to be rematches here. Yep. And so, 
Look, it's let's be realistic. I mean, for them just to have a 500 record or to finish with a winning record, they'd have to win out. Right. That's you know that's a, that to say that's going to be a challenge is, challenge is an understatement. Yeah. But I mean, I here think we are halfway through the season and they're playing really well. What's that? I think they dug themselves too great of a hole personally. I, I mean, yeah, it's too much. I to, mean, that's fair. But. They still got the San Francisco 49ers. They got mm-hmm. the Saints again. I mean, they, this is a tough stretch for as well as they've played. They're going to have to play this well every single game. It It's going to be tough, but hey, they started it out. You can only take it one game at a time. And through the first two games, they have been an A-plus football team. Yeah, no one saw this coming. And just like just like the, you know, the start of the season, no one thought – no one would have predicted that they'd go, you know, one and seven in their first eight games, Will. And but I don't think anybody thought that they were going to go down to New Orleans, mm-hmm. kick in the doors in the dome, and then do what they did just, you know, today up in Charlotte, yeah. and uh, not against that defense. Well, here's another stat for you. I mean, Dan Quinn places an emphasis on the division, and throughout his tenure as the Falcons head coach, that has panned out. He's 16 and 10 since becoming the Falcons head coach in 2015, and since 2016. He's fifteen and five. Yeah. So you've got a stretch here where you're going to play the Bucks, the Saints, the Panthers, and then you're going to end the season in Week 17 with the Bucks again. So that is four games remaining against the division. Mm-hmm. And historically, you know, the record would indicate Dan Quinn and the Falcons have been pretty good in the NFC South since he's been the head coach. And they've had quite a run here recently against the Panthers. <laughs> yeah. This is their seventh win in the last eight games against Carolina. They've they're the kings of the Queen City. <laughs> So here we are. We're feeling pretty good about where this team is to start the second half of the season. Um, we said all along that the second half of the season was going to make or break this team. No one, no one thought, though, when we were saying that, they would come into it with just one win. Right. Um, and it was a quality win at that over Philadelphia. But all things said, at this point, it wasn't just the defense today either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense, I thought, played really well. I thought the offensive line – played really well against a, a pretty good, you know, front seven. Yep. And uh, they did very good linebackers, very good defensive tackles, very good defensive ends, edge rushers, you know. And, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, for the most part, there were a couple times, you know, he felt the pressure. There was a couple times that, you know. Mm-hmm. He was sacked three times. Sacked three times. So it wasn't a perfect no. game for the offense. Yeah, he, he didn't put up, you know, he still threw for 300 yards. But it was just, it just felt like, the entire game they were in control yes and and i i think we should start on the defensive side because to me the reason this game felt so in control was because of that defensive unit i mean when young way Koo kicks a field goal to make it three to nothing on the falcons first possession that is as many points as the panthers scored the entire game they could have the Falcons could have literally not scored another point. This game would have gone yeah. into overtime. That's how good this defense has played. This is only the second time since Matt Ryan has been the Falcons quarterback that a team has been held to under 10 points in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. So that just speaks to, you know, A, the level of support that Matt really hasn't been getting throughout his career, but also just how remarkable these past two games have been. Yeah. Well, you know, when you think of the Panthers, the first thing that comes to mind is Christian McCaffrey. He mm-hmm. is – um, he, you know, we were we were joking about how he's probably uh, carried so many fantasy teams this year. He, you know, we you said, love Christian McCaffrey. Don't, I'm a huge don't try fan. to hide this. You are a massive fan of Christian McCaffrey. Massive, <laughs> I am. I thought he should have won the Heisman. That's great. 
I really do. But you know what? He's a Panther, and uh, he's on the other side, the wrong side. But, uh, you know, we said he was going to get his. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he did. He had 121 yards receiving. Not a big day on the ground, though. 70 yards rushing. No TDs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was about it. They harassed quarterback Kyle Allen all day. Yep. Uh, he was sacked five times, had through four picks, three, as we said, in the first half. Mm-hmm. And for the second game in a row, I got to say, Devondre Campbell yes. has shown up in a big way. 11 tackles today. Yep. Um, Deion Jones flying around. He had eight. Devondre had that first pick also. Set, he set things off. Correct. Yeah. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point that out. Um, but, yeah, KZ had a pick. Campbell's pick. Trufant, who had the only two picks the Falcons had all season long, mm-hmm. both at Philly, way back on September 15th. Seems like it was eons ago. And then uh, Ricardo. Yep. Ricardo had a nice, right, nice right game. Right at the end of the first half. Nice pass breakup. Nice pick. Back-to-back yeah. plays. So it was great to see. Uh, the defense just, you know, like you said, they dictated the tempo. They they, t- they controlled the game. Yeah. And they controlled the line of scrimmage, and uh, the, the rest of the team just fed off them. Yeah, they controlled the line of scrimmage, but they also, I thought, played probably their best game of the season as a secondary unit. They, I mean, we mentioned the guys who got the interceptions, three of them, Ricardo Allen, DeMonte KZ, and Desmond Trufant. But yeah. I got to say, Isaiah Oliver played – one heck of a game today and Kendall Sheffield keeps I really like he's just a feisty guy and he's feisty. you know quiet in the locker room doesn't not a big talker but he he makes his statements out on the field and he's done that so far and I thought you know I mentioned Oliver he's really really come around the past couple of games he we saw his length on display today he broke away or broke uh, broke up a couple of passes the secondary has been night and day from what it was before the bye week it's well, great. it just feels like, you know, guys like Oliver and then you mentioned Sheffield, you know, they're young players. Mm-hmm. Sheffield's a rookie. Yep. And you just watch him, you know, I said it last week, but you're, we're watching him kind of progress and evolve and grow up, you know, in NFL terms right before our eyes here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you hate you hate to see him fall down too much and, 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 and take too many hits. Um, like they did in the first half of the season. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. But they are, to your point, getting better game in and game out. And uh, it's all positive. Yeah, um, sometimes it takes the bad times to lead to the good times. Wow. That's I know. nice. Well, I'm, br- I'm bringing like the that. insight today. I'm really, <laughs> really coming. Um, so, yeah, I think the secondary was great. I thought the, you know, the, the pass rush got after him. You know, guys like uh, – Claiborne and Tack. Tack finally biz- got a sack. Yeah, he got hurt and he And came he changed back. his Twitter bio, and it's great. Everybody should go check it out because oh, his boy. Twitter bio game is on point. Is it? Okay. It is. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I'll say this, though. It was it was good to see AC get in there, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it was just it was fun. When, look at you know how You know how I feel about these things. If you can run the football and play great defense, you got a chance. And uh, in this league, and the Falcons are playing lights out defense. Mm-hmm. I would go find me a defensive unit over the last two games that's playing better right now. Yeah, it'd be hard. No, seriously, I'm being serious. I'm I know, not, I know that's do that right now. But <laughs> yeah, I mean they are playing really, really well. And uh, you know, if this were the instead of the second half of the season, if this were the start of the season, if this were week two and week three, oh boy, this I mean this team would be 
number two in every power ranking. I mean, it'd be <laughs> insane. Speaking of which, check out Matt's Beaks power rankings every uh, Tuesday. Yeah, well, back to reality. Back to three and seven world. Um, yeah. Well, you mentioned here we are. running the ball in defense, your two favorite things. Yep. They did one of those things today. They did not do the other, but it didn't matter because the passing game was pretty sharp. They, I, Calvin Ridley, you know, they needed him to take on a bigger role in this offense when they traded Mohamed Sanu, and he did that today. He played one of his best games, and he, like Matt Ryan, has a history of doing this against the Carolina Panthers. He's played three games against the Panthers in his career. He has had a touchdown in every one of those games, and his stat line for those three games is 15 catches for 297 yards in those three scores. That's pretty dang good, dude. Well, I'll tell you what. Look, when you're playing defense like that, some some weeks – in and complimentary football some weeks the the offense you know and the quarterback and the receiving the passing game is going to be on point and mm-hmm. and then other weeks it's going to be the running game just like last week we said matt ryan's stats he only threw for 182 yards against the saints right and receiving wise who was it? who was the leading receiver I think it, it was, was julio yeah. with se- but he only had 79 yards only only three catches only three catches Whereas the running game, they ran for 143 yards. Mm-hmm. This week, much different as far as that goes, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, Ryan throws for 311, um, even though he sacked three times. And then uh, in the passing game, you know, Julio and Calvin Ridley yep. had the big game. Eight catches, 143 yards, the one touchdown. Yeah. Touchdown and dance for, the, <laughs> for his mom. On her who birthday. turned 50 today. Uh, pretty cool moment for the Ridleys. And so... Yeah, and sometimes you know it's just you just it doesn't matter as long as yeah. you're moving the ball, moving the chains. Well, um, and even though they didn't have production in the running game, let's not overlook the fact that their ability and willingness, you know, their ability in being up throughout the game as they were, but also then their willingness to stick with it. They had 26 rush attempts. That allows them to then be as efficient as they were throwing the ball. 15 of their 21st downs came through the air. When a team still has to respect your ability to run the ball, you're going to find those open guys in the big moments when you need to because the defense simply can't pick and choose what's coming on each down. They're, you're not playing one-dimensionally. So even though they only had 2.1 yards of carry, their 26 attempts are what really mattered today. So it was the run game did play a role in this win. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, in those four those four turnovers or, or four extra possessions, the Falcons took away. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though they were f- even, you know, a total offense, uh, 349, 347, mm-hmm. um, the thing that really stands out, you know, just I know we're talking offense here, but I was looking at the Falcons on third down. They weren't fantastic. They were 6 of 14, 43, oh, you know, right. 43%. But the the Panthers were only two of fourteen on third down. Yep, fourteen percent. That's that is dominant. And this comes a week after they held the Saints to three of twelve on third down. Yeah. So in their in their past two games, they're just five of twenty six against the Falcons, and and they're, that speaks to this pass rush when you're getting sacks. They're getting teams off. They're the in field. third and long, and mm-hmm. it's hard to. And that's why you saw, you know, you said Christian McCaffrey had a big game. He usually does when he plays against the Falcons. The Falcons are kind of built defensively to allow a guy like him, allow Stay a guy like Alvin Kamara to yeah. have a big game because they can dump the ball off to him in space. But then when you've got guys like Devondre Campbell and Deion Jones and Demonte Casey rallying to the football to make the tackle, 
that's fine. You and just they are, get and them off the field eventually. And you look, especially the last two games, they're tackling much better. Wow, it's it is sharp. They yeah. So here they are. They're two and zero in the in the uh, South. Will and uh, now they've got um, <clears throat> Tampa Bay coming home. They've mm-hmm. got three straight home games. In fact, well, one, two, three, four of their next five are home, including Thanksgiving night against the New Orleans Saints. So yeah, they're going to have a couple rematches. Bucks come to town. I mean, it's not unrealistic thing if they if they can keep this you know playing the way they are on defense. Um, you know, look. Anything can happen in this league. And, you know, I know fans, they, and people, when I write in the mailbag, you know, they, they roll their eye when I start saying, hey, you know, mathematically they're not eliminated. Well, it, they're in a deep hole, like you said. I'm not going to even go there. But my point is the way they're playing right now and the way Dan Quinn's defense is playing right now, it's dominant. And this is the defense we thought we were going to see, correct? Correct. Correct. If they can maintain this, it's tough to maintain, you know, defensive football where you're not giving up touchdowns, uh, where, you know, you're not allowing touchdowns. But if they can continue, Will, I think it's going to change. I think that, just like I said, that win down in New Orleans was going to change the way people remember this season. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this defense has a chance to change the way that we're going to remember or perceive the 2019 season if they can keep it up, if they continue to evolve. And for as many people that were upset and and, and upset with the the, the head coach and questioned the reshuffling of assistant coaches, you know what? Say what you want about it. It's working. Mm -hmm. And say what you want about Dan Quinn, but he made the right calls. Right. He's still the DC, and you know what? He knows his staff, and you, how can you question what he's doing? So, that all said, I think it changes the perception of they have a chance yes. to just change the way we're looking at this team. One hundred percent, and it's—I mean, quite frankly, it's going to be hard to really accomplish, even if they run the table, accomplish more than that because this is as kind of heavyweight as we've seen the NFC in a long in a long time. I mean, right now the two wild card projected wild card teams are the Minnesota Vikings who are eight and three and the Seattle Seahawks who are eight and two. So you've got a, your best, best bet, or if you run the table, you're nine and seven. These teams really just got to win one or two more games and, and then you're kind of out of it. But to the bigger picture, this team can really start to develop some momentum. We saw how the momentum of the Seahawks game in the second half has led to this. If they can develop some momentum for the second half of this season, what could that look like, you know, moving forward? And so that, I think, is the goal. The team is going to take it one game at a time. They're going to try to keep this momentum, you know, rolling as much as possible, and they're going to just try to get better. You know, some of these younger guys, you know, Kendall Sheffield, great game today. Go out and do it again next week. Go out and have a better game next week. That's the type of mentality that this team needs to have. And, I mean, through two games, it's, it's really worked. Well, you know what? When you can go down and do what you did to New Orleans and then do what you did today, you know, that's fun to watch. And, and, and people that are out there, they're thinking, no, you know, look, if we're out of it, I'd rather have a high draft pick. This is fun football to watch. Mm-hmm. It's fun to be a part of. It's fun to watch these guys grow. Much right? better than the alternative. It's much better. And you know what? Okay, so, yeah, the Falcons, they're technically still alive. 
They are technically the 13th seed in the NFC as of right now. They were 14th last week. You know, this look, is the NCAA tournament you're talking this, about. They're a 13 seed. Look, you know, the top six get in, but I'm just saying, it's fun to watch. And if they can ruin some seasons along the way and 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 uh, play the spoiler, yep. and keep winning, um, I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that any day. Let me. Uh, I want to just kind of toss out a couple of uh, mentions for. You know, some guys who had notable games that we should probably talk about. Uh, rookie running back Quadri Allison scored his first touchdown of his career today on a two-yard touchdown run that came right after Matt Ryan dropped a perfect pass into Julio Jones, who made an incredible one-handed catch. And you know what I love about that play is it was three of the top players in the NFL all playing really, really well on the same play. And Matt Ryan threw a beautiful, perfect pass. Luke Keekley, an all-pro linebacker, was step-for-step step with Julio Jones down the field and played excellent coverage. And Julio Jones, Willie Mays style, one-handed catch in the breadbasket and maintains control. So that is NFL football at its highest level. It I don't think great. you want Luke, Luke Keekley running down the middle of the field. But he Julio can Jones. do it. He can. He was right there. There was not. There's no way he could play better coverage on Julio than he did on that play short of intercepting the ball or getting a hand up to knock it down. He was in position to make a play Julio just made a better play I, I like Luke Keekley a lot but I'll take Julio 10 out of 10 times I would too I would too but Julio is one of the maybe one of two or three linebackers in the league who is capable of doing that and he and he was he was right there but so Quadri you know knocks it in and then I think Kenyon Barner we shouldn't overlook his 78 yard uh punt return for I a think touchdown that's the longest in this uh in longest. I think it's second longest behind Deion Sanders no no, no I'm talking about in the league this year oh Nice. Yeah. I thought you were talking franchise history. No. I should have let you finish. I'm no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jeez, Will, let me finish. It is the first punt return for a touchdown since Devin Hester broke the all-time record in 2014 on Thursday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, those two guys making an impact. I think special teams has been rock solid for the most part outside of the kicking situation this year, uh, which is a testament to uh, Coach Kotwika in his first year with the team. Um, and then I think Russell Gage in, in – uh, Jaden Graham have played pretty well. They've had small roles, but they've come through when they've been called upon, and that's the that's the sign of a good team. You know, you don't have to have superstars everywhere. You just need guys who can do their job. To yeah. uh, use Bill Belichick's phrase. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I meant uh, it was the longest this season, but yeah, primetime still has the, the longest in franchise history. Seventy. <laughs> He's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so where are we right now? So we got the Bucks. Um, you would think that's a very winnable game. They, yeah, they just got blown out today uh, against New Orleans, thirty-four seventeen. All right. How did Jameis do today? Uh, Jameis was Jameis. Couple touchdowns, few picks. Was it a few? I believe he had four interceptions. Yeah. At some point today, I looked at you and I, I asked, you know, does does Jameis Winston lead the league in games where he has, you know, two touchdown passes, but then, you know, two or three interceptions as well? And I'd be curious to find that out. I It's probably up there. But, you know, he may toss you a couple. We saw Kyle Allen toss the Falcons a couple today, and we saw how that turned out. You know, Jameis Winston has a propensity of doing that as well. So look out secondary. You might have a couple more chances. Yeah, I thought, you know, Bruce Arians coming to town might, uh, you know, help. Jameis in that department but uh look it'll be interesting to see uh say what you want 
but at least the last few years that I've been here, those Bucks Falcons games have all been very close. Yeah, they they have been. So I'm expecting another close game. Hopefully a fun one. Um, any other thoughts uh, about that game or just today? No, I mean I would say I'm happy for a lot of Falcons fans. You know it. It's not been, and we've watched every single game this year as well. It's it's not been the most fun season. It's not it's not been what we've been used to seeing for so long with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and all these. And so it's been awesome, and I'm just really happy for a lot of longtime fans who get to who get to watch them go into New Orleans and just beat the crap out of the Saints, and then roll into Carolina and mm-hmm. steamroll the Panther. Like even if this season ultimately doesn't end up being what you wanted it to be. Let's just live in the moment and enjoy these past couple of weeks, and hopefully there's some more weeks ahead where it's just like this. But, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of my closing thoughts. What, what about you? You got anything, Matt? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I could – when I'm sitting there watching this game today and just watching the last two weeks unfold, I couldn't help Will. Just every time they, the camera panned down the Falcon sideline and when there was a big play – it seemed like they inevitably would show Dan Quinn. Yeah. And he, by the way, Coach Quinn, that's a sweet jacket you have. I'd love to get my hands on one of those. Um, I am so happy for Coach Quinn. Yeah. I am so happy for that, for his players who haven't quit on him. Mm-hmm. And so it took a ton, think about this, to to say, hey, look, I'm going to change things up midseason. It didn't have to ever get out, if you think about it. Right. And so I'm going to let – I'm going to change the play calling, uh, the way we do things a little bit, tweak some things here, even though we've kind of done a little bit of that in the past, 2015, mm-hmm. and, and be very transparent about it and let yeah. the bullets fly where they may. But you know what? Hey. How can you argue with with the last two weeks? Yeah, and I love the one shot today where Raheem Morris and uh, Jeff Ulbrich were on on the sideline. Yep, with Coach Quinn in front of them, it was a big defensive stop, and all three of them are just like celebrating. Yeah, and then the, the the guys on the field come to the sideline, and it's just it's like th- this is what we thought we'd see, yeah. and. This is what Coach Quinn had. You you look at him and you're like, this is this is what I envisioned. Right. And everybody thought I was nuts, probably. And when it wasn't going right, and I'm just super super thrilled for him, his team, the staff, yeah. and of course the fan base. But uh, there there are a awesome. lot of egos in the NFL. I mean, you don't really rise through the ranks of of coaching without having supreme confidence in yourself. And so. That is such a testament to you know, Coach Quinn to be able to say, instead of, I'm going to buckle down, I'm going to find a way to fix this, it, he said, okay, let me take a step back. Let's, this is not about me. And he said that multiple times in press conferences. He's never going to place himself ahead of the team. And this is an instance where he didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. And it's paid off in a massive way. So he should get you know credit for being able to make that decision, being able to look himself in the mirror and say, you know, what is best for the Atlanta Falcons? And this is undoubtedly in the team's best interest to have whatever formula they've got going right now. It is 
really, really working. Yeah, and, and you know, Coach Quinn, he's never wants to pat himself on the back. You nope. know, today he says, "Give the players credit; they were the ones who really put on, you know, put the preparation, you know, uh, together that led to this performance." Mm -hmm. And it's always about, hey, the players. It seems like when when things go right, he 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 gives the players credit, and when things go wrong, he says, "It's on me." And uh, That's exactly what you want in a coach. And so I love that about him, and I love the fact that uh, the way that in which the Falcons have won the last two weeks have, has been pretty sweet. That's that's my closing thought. Yeah. All right. Hey guys, uh, you know we appreciate you listening to this. If if you want to, you know, subscribe to Falcons Audible. We've got you know a lot of podcast bird noises by uh, your host Matt Tabik is great. And uh, we'd love to also hear your thoughts if you want to rate and review the podcast. Five uh, stars only. Five stars only. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been a lot of fun this season. Yeah. And uh, the numbers are showing that a lot of people are listening after the, the post game. So uh, it's been fun and we'll continue to evolve and, um, you know, as the season goes along. And then we got some big plans for after the season, too, for this podcast. So can't wait. Stay tuned. We'll be talking draft. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's a wrap. Thank you.